0: Today I want to talk to you about overcoming giants, overcoming giants. In 2006, the early part of that year, I was having some chest pains and I was nauseous for a couple of weeks and I woke up one morning, probably three or four o'clock in the morning with tightness of chest and I didn't want to alarm my wife so I just told Tiffany, hey babe, I feel that great. Everything's going to be okay. I'm just going to run to the emergency room real quick. You know, everything's fine. You know what? I'm going to be all right. And so I I got into the car, and Tiffany went on back to sleep, you know. All right. She she went on back to sleep, and I got in the car, and I drove myself to uh, the heart hospital. And I was at the heart hospital. Uh, My chest was hurting, and they hooked me up to an EKG machine, and the test came back, and everything was fine. There was no problems at all. Uh, I was having a stress attack, a panic attack, and one of the doctors in the church uh, told me, said, so Pastor, you're having a stress attack, you're having a panic attack, and I was under a lot of stress during that time. We had just bought 50 acres of land. Uh, this facility you're sitting in right now wasn't even thought about. We were building phase one at the time, 17,500 square feet of facility. And it was just a stressful time for me doing that first building. And I had a couple of folks in the church just opposing what God was doing uh, in the church and moving forward. And, and then we had a construction worker fall off our building and die uh, doing the construction process. And so man, I just was under stress and was under so much tension. And 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 I tell you what, I, I, I it was a giant in my life. When I look back at the stress I was under and the tension I was under and, and got myself in the heart hospital, I, I, I tell you it was truly a giant in my life. And you 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 can relate to that many of you because the situation you're dealing with, the dilemma you're dealing with, the the the, the obstacle that you're facing, it is a giant in your life. You're looking at and you're going, oh my, this is huge. It's a giant. And I want to talk to you today about giants. I want us to learn about giants because if we can learn about giants, we can overcome giants. And so what I want to do today is talk to you about the most famous giant ever written about in history. How many of you know who I'm talking about? I'm not, all of you wrestling fans, I'm not talking about Andre, all right now. We're not talking about Andre the Giants. I want to talk to you about Goliath, Goliath. And I want us to learn some things about giants. Number one is this. The first thing is giants intimidate us. They intimidate us. Let me give you some reasons why we get intimidated by giants. Uh, The first is this. Giants intimidate us because they are bigger than we are. They are bigger than we are. First Samuel chapter 17 and verse... Number four, says a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. How many of you know that's a big dude? How many know that? I mean, that dude's big. I've seen some folks around seven feet tall. I've never seen a nine, nine and a half foot feet tall person. That That is humongous. And what I want you to see is that giants are bigger than us. And when I was laying in the heart hospital with my chest bothering me, nauseous, can I tell you at that moment, I realized this is bigger than me because giants are bigger than us. Cancer is big. Losing your job is big. Divorce is big. A family member dying is big. Filing bankruptcy is big. Losing your home, your home getting foreclosed on is big. And it's easy to get intimidated by giants because they are bigger than we are. there's a second thing that I want you to see about intimidation. Giants are intimidating because they can create fear in us. Fear in us. The Bible says this about this giant, 1 Samuel 17 and verse 10 and 11. It says, then the Philistine said, this day I defy the ranks of Israel. This is Goliath speaking. He says, give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistine's words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified they were terrified king saul and the israelite army they heard goliath talking and they were terrified the bible says giants can create fear in us we see how big the giant is we look at the giant and our hearts can become gripped with fear and we start thinking things like this we start saying things like this i'm gonna die I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I'm in over my head. I can't overcome this giant this time. I'm so scared. I don't know what to do. I don't know which way to go. And when you and I look at giants, sometimes our hearts can get gripped with fear. When we look at the bigness and the magnitude of the giants that we're we're facing. I want you to see a third thing about intimidation, and that is this. Giants intimidate us because most people run from giants. Most people run from giants. It says in 1 Samuel 17 and verse 23 through 24, as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. When the Israelites saw the man, they all Ran from him in great fear. Check this out. The Israelite army, these trained soldiers are running from this giant. I mean, you would think out of all people on the earth that the king, the the commander of the army, that the army itself, these trained soldiers wouldn't be running from a giant. And yet they see this giant and they're running from the giant. And can I tell you, because most people run from giants, even people we respect. King Saul is running and the trained army is running. Because most people run from giants, we tend to run from giants. Well, well, your parents' marriage didn't work out, so what makes you think yours will? I mean, why even work on it? I mean, you just might as well give up. I mean, their kids don't, don't serve God. You respect them. What makes you think your kids are going to serve? Your kids are not going to serve God. Why even invest in them? Why even spend time with them? Why even invest in them spirit? I mean, they're not going to serve God. I mean, they lost their job. What makes you think you're going to keep your job? I mean, look, in this economy, you're not going to keep it. I mean, why even work hard? I mean, why even work? I mean, you're going you're to lose your job. I mean, you, you, you're going to start a business. Your, your business is not going to work. I mean, their business didn't work. And look at them. Look how smart they are. Their business didn't work. And you, I mean, you don't even need to try to start a business. And the truth of the matter is, most people run from giants, and then it causes us to run from giants. And friends, here's what I I want you to understand about running from giants and being intimidated by a giant and going on the run. What I want you to understand is point number two, and that is this. Giants keep us from our destiny. When we run from giants, giants keep us from our destiny. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 9 says, if he... Is able to fight. This is Goliath speaking. If he is able to fight and kill me, if you get one of your trained soldiers and he'll come out and kill me, uh, we, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Goliath said, Listen, listen, if I kill your soldier, your your destiny, Israel, will be to serve the Philistines, will be to be our slaves. And can I tell you, Israel's destiny was on the other side of this giant they had to defeat this giant to reach their destiny to to, to, to enter into god's preferred future for them it was on the other side of this giant and friends hear me today if you're going to reach your destiny your destiny is on the other side of the giant that you're facing Being a kingdom success is on the other side of the giant that you're facing. God's preferred future for your life is on the other side of the giant that you're facing. You'll have to overcome the giant to be all that God wants you to be. You know what? We have a tendency to think this. We have a tendency to think that people who God uses in a great way, people who are a kingdom success, People who reach their destiny and fulfill their destiny, we have a tendency to think, well, well, the only reason they made it is because they didn't face giants like I did. I mean, obviously, they hadn't went through what I've went through and faced the giants I've went through. I mean, I mean, the only reason they're there is because I'm just telling you, if they grew up in the family that I grew up in, see, that was crazy when I grew up. If they grew up in my family, they, they wouldn't be where they are today. If they were married to my spouse. Don't, don't look at your spouse right now. Don't do that. Don't do that. If they were married to my spouse, they, they wouldn't be where they are today. I mean, I, I'm I'm just saying, if they, if they were broke, like I'm broke, I mean, they don't know what it is to be, if they were broke like me, they wouldn't be where they are. If they faced the abuse that I faced and the trauma I faced growing up and the abuse and drama I went through, they wouldn't be where they are today. If they lost their job, like I lost my job, that they wouldn't be where they are today and we have a tendency to think that people who are a kingdom success who reach and fulfill their destiny we have a tendency to think that they haven't faced any giants and that's the furthest thing from the truth you have to understand everybody who's a kingdom success everybody who reaches their destiny and fulfills their destiny had to overcome giants in their life we all face giants the real question is this is not will you face the giant the real question is will you deal with the giants Because most people, when they face the giant, they run. They hide. They never deal with the giant. And on the other side of the giant is your destiny, is God's preferred future. Let's look at how David responded to this giant in 1 Samuel 17 and verse 32. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Because right now, everybody's losing heart. (laughs) Everybody's hiding. These trained soldiers are hiding and running from this giant he said let let no one lose heart on account of this philistine your servant will go and fight him david said this giant is not going to keep us from our destiny i will go i understand everybody else is running and hiding but i will go fight him i will stand up to this giant i will deal with this giant and some of you today you need to quit running from the giant You need to quit hiding from the giant. And you need to be like David and say, I'm going to deal with this giant. I'm going to fight this giant. I'm not going to let this giant stop me from reaching my destiny. Stop me from being a kingdom success. Stop me from God's preferred future. You have to understand that your destiny is on the other side of the giant that you are facing in your life. There's a third thing I want us to learn about giants. Number three is this. Change your perspective about giants. You need to change your perspective about giants. When I was growing up in we woke up Oklahoma, I had an older brother, he's four years older than me, and I have a younger sister. she's a year and a half younger than me. We used to go out and have a lot of fun in the front yard. There were times some of my friends would come over and play with us in the yard, and we'd play football. And my brother, because he was four years older than us, he would just be the all-time quarterback because it wouldn't be fair for him, us trying to tackle him. So. so Scotty would be the all-time quarterback. And, man, I'm telling you what, it was like Joe Montana throwing a Jerry Rice. Man, I used to catch bombs from my brother in the yard, catch, catch Hail Mary's, ooh, touchdown, ooh, talk trash, Heisman Trophy on you. I mean, I mean, we used to have some mean, some mean football games in that yard. And now when I go back to Wewoka to visit and I look at that yard, I think, I caught bombs in that. I mean, that yard is not that big to be catching bombs in it. You know, when I I was growing up in Wewoka, it was a real treat to go watch the varsity basketball team play. And I got inside of that gym and it was huge. Because, you know, in the junior high gym, you know, they only have bleachers on one side. I mean, but in the varsity gym, what? Bleachers on both sides. This thing is huge. Go watch the varsity basketball team play in this huge gym. And, man, I I go back now and that gym's not as big as I thought it was. What happened to that gym? And can I tell you, when I go back to Woka, the front yard I grew up in has not changed. It's the same front yard. The, the, the basketball gym, we woke up high school gym. It has not changed. It's the same basketball gym. Do you know what has changed is my perspective. You see, I've lived a little bit longer now. And I've been able to travel. And I've traveled the world. I've been able to speak. And I've seen a lot of places, man. And I've seen some big yards. And the yard we grew up in wasn't big. I'm telling you, I thought our gym was huge in Wewoka, but I've seen some other gyms now. I've been to the Thunder Game, and our gym's not big in Wewoka. I got a different perspective. And what I'm saying is, some of you in this place is you need a different perspective on your giant. You've got a wrong perspective. And my hope and my prayer is through the teaching of God's word today that you will get a different perspective. About your giant. The Bible says this about King Saul's perspective. First Samuel chapter 17 and verse 33 says, Saul replied, King Saul, you are not able to go out against the Philistine. This is Saul talking to David. He Listen, you can't go out and fight against the Philistine. Because listen, he says, you're only a boy. He says, listen, you're too inexperienced. You don't have what it takes. Do you see how big he is? nine and a half feet tall he's gonna eat you for lunch he says you, you, you can't go out and fight this thing i mean look how big that giant is and he goes on to say goes on to say and he this giant has been a fighting man from his youth he said this giant has been fighting since he was a boy and now he's grown he's been fighting for years he's got so much experience david you can't go fight this big old giant look how big and how much experience he's got and that was the king's perspective but i want you to see david's perspective four verses later first samuel chapter 17 verse 37 he says the lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this philistine and david saw the giant from a different lens from a different perspective he said the lord I see this giant a little differently than you see it, Mr. King. I'm seeing it through the eyes of the Lord. You see, I I wear contacts. Some of you didn't know that, but I wear contacts. In my eyes now, if I don't wear contacts, I have to wear some glasses. Because if I don't have my contacts in, I cannot legally drive. I will hurt you if I'm driving <laughs> without my contacts. I didn't know there was a stop sign there. You know, I mean I just Sorry, I hit you, you know, I just, I couldn't see, I couldn't see right. And so, and so I had to put my contacts in this morning before I came to church, because without my contacts, I wouldn't know who I'm preaching to. You might be an elf as far as I know, a donkey, I I, I couldn't tell. I can't make you out because I can't see straight. But when I put them contact listeners in, I'm telling you, it changes my whole perspective. I can see you clearly now. I mean, it changes everything. And can I tell you what, some of you, you, you are looking at your giant through your own eyes. And what you need is to put your Jesus contacts in. Because you need to get a different perspective on that giant, a different perspective on the situation. You're looking at your giant through your own eyes and you're saying it's too big. I don't have the experience. That thing is nine and a half feet tall. But get your Jesus contacts in and you start acting like David. The Lord! Gave me victory over the lion and gave me victory over the bear. I think I can handle this puppy right here. And what you need is a different perspective on your child. It's not as bad as you think it is. You just got to get a different perspective on it. There's a fourth thing that I want you to see about giants. And that is this fighting giants is spiritual business, spiritual business. I want you to see what David says in first Samuel 17 and verse 26. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Have you ever read this and thought, why is David talking about his private parts? I mean, all of you who don't go to church regularly, you're like, I don't come to church often. David talking about his private parts? I mean, what's up? what's up with that? And then 10 verses later, David does it again in 1 Samuel 17 and verse 36. He says, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. And he talks about his private parts again. He said, pastor, what does this have to do with the story? We have to understand that in Genesis chapter 17, God established a covenant with Israel. And God told Israel this, listen, I'm going to be your God. I'm going to be with you, Israel. I'm establishing a covenant between me and between you. And the only thing that you have to do to activate this covenant is to circumcise every male that's eight days old or older. You have to circumcise them. And when you circumcise this, the covenant is activated. I'm your God and you are my people. So when David brings up circumcision, he was using covenant language he was saying listen this big old giant this uncircumcised giant doesn't have a covenant with God but listen Israel we are covenant people we have a covenant with God and because we have a covenant with God there are some covenant benefits and some covenant blessings God is with us and you and I as Christians you and I as followers of Christ we have a covenant with god now understand it's not no longer circumcision of the flesh now it's circumcision of the heart and when we give our life to jesus when we make him lord of our lives we have established a covenant with god he changes our heart he circumcises our heart and now listen we are king's kid and because we're king's kids there are some benefits and blessings come that come with being a, in covenant with god and david said i dare you you uncircumcised giant. You don't have covenant with God. I'm not a hiding with from you. I got a covenant with God. He's on my side. I'm not fighting you by myself. And some of you need to realize you have a covenant with Almighty God. Let, let me explain it to you a little bit more clear. Some of you are still trying to put your mind into it. Now, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, 14 years ago in December, my wife Tiffany and I Made a covenant together, and 14 years ago, because the Bible says it's better to marry than to burn, brother didn't want to burn no more. Amen. So let's get married, sister. Let's get married. <laughs> and so we got, we got, we got married, and we cut covenant, and we said our vows to one another. I put a ring on Tiffany's finger. She slid this ring on my finger, and we are in a covenant relationship. And because I have covenant with Tiffany. She has benefits and blessings from me that you can't access, and, and because I'm in covenant with her, I have co- benefits and blessings that you can't access from her because we're in covenant and and I'm going to take her that's my woman right there that's my baby, that's my girl and I'm going to take care of her I love her I'm going to provide for her the best that I can and I'm going to protect her and love her and, and cherish her and and I mean, I don't want to have to hurt nobody in Jesus' name. I don't want to have to hurt nobody. I don't want to hurt nobody. But I'm just saying, if somebody was trying to hurt my wife. That's my woman. I'm in covenant. I will hurt you in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. If you don't try to hurt, that's my baby. You know what I mean? That's my, that's my woman. And, and she can say stuff to me, and it'll make my heart hurt. When she's talking about something she's going through, or a burden she's carrying, or somebody who did her wrong, boy, I, I get mad. That's my I've I'm, I'm covenanted with her. I love her. And our kids, they're covenant kids. They came from our offspring. I, I love those four little munchkins. They, they are our little munchkins. I love those little kids. They, 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 they are, they're, they're adorable to us. I mean, I love your kids, but not like I love my kids. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Those are mine. I'm going to provide for them, I'm going to protect them, I'm going to love them. Though They have some benefits that other kids don't have because they're my kids and they come under covenant relationship with their mother and I. And friends, can I tell you, you and I have a covenant with Almighty God. We're king's kids and he wants to protect us. He wants to fight battles for us. He, we are in covenant relationship with him and David said, who do you think this uncircumcised, who do you think you are? I got covenant with Almighty God god and you know what david lets us in on he's simply letting us know this david knew that overcoming giants was a spirit was spiritual business overcoming giants was spiritual business here's what david said in one samuel chapter 17 and verse 45 check this out david said to the philistine this giant you come against me with sword and spear and javelin but i come against you in the name of the lord almighty catch that I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord. He said, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied this day, the Lord will hand you over to me. And I will strike you down and cut off your head. Today, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God, not this little bad boy named David. I'm awesome. No, 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 no. There's a God in Israel all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord says for the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's and he will give not and me will give and he will give all of you into our hands. Some of you are going now, come on pastor. I said, not a half foot giant. Why is David acting all spiritual? Oh no, David don't say, yeah, it's a big giant. But this is spiritual business. This battle belongs to the Lord. But Pastor, it's cancer. It's cancer. I understand. But this is spiritual business. Pastor, you have to understand it's my it's my kids. It's, it's my kids. You don't know. You don't know what's going on with my kids. I understand, I understand. But 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 it's spiritual business. Pa, it's my marriage, Pastor. It's my You don't understand what's going on in my marriage. I, I, get, it, I get it, I get it, I get it, but it's spiritual. Business. Pastor, it's my workplace. It's the job. Pastor, it's my finances. You don't you don't get it? What's going on with my finances. I hear you, I hear you, but it's spiritual business. This battle belongs to the Lord. If you're familiar with the story, David grabbed a slingshot. And David had a slingshot in his in his hand, and he was ready to do some damage to this to this Philistine giant. And he grabbed the slingshot and, and he had it and he pulled it back. And he, he, he was, he was going to hurt this giant with this, with this slingshot and rock. And, and the Bible says he pulled back the slingshot and he's ready to hurt this giant. And you, some of you are going, well, Pastor, that's right. The rock and the slingshot gave David the victory. And David said, no, no, what you have to understand, what you understand, I did use what I had. I understood how to use the slingshot and I grabbed the slingshot and I had a smooth rock. David and i grabbed that rock and that slingshot and i used the skills that i had and i took it i reared it back and i let it go and david said i killed that giant but david said what well, you have to understand because you're focused on the slingshot and you're focused on the rock but david said there's something else at work here there's something else at work here it wasn't just a slingshot it wasn't just a rock You see, but there was something else at work here. He said, this battle belongs. I'm a covenant kid. I'm going to use the little bit I got, and I'm going to let it go. But God is the one who gave me a victory that day over the God is the one that made that rock get. God is the one that killed God gave me. I used what I had, but there was something else at work. This battle belongs to the Lord. When I went to the heart hospital. In 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 2006, the beginning of that year, and I laid up there in the heart hospital with my chest tight, thought I was having a heart attack, nauseous. Can I tell you that stress attack? It was it was a giant in my life. The doctors gave me some some medicine, talked to me, and I haven't had an attack like that since. And you say, "Yes, Pastor, thank God for the doctor. The doctor did it all." Oh no 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 no! There was something else at work. I used, I used the slingshot I had. I used the rock I had. And I had enough sense to say, I got a slingshot in the rock, and, and thank God for the doctor who was my slingshot and the rock. But I, there was something else at work. Because I know some people that went to the doctor and died. <laughs> there was something else at work. We, we, we moved here, my wife and I, in January of 2010. The church is now nine and a half years old. And when we came here, there were some giants in the land. And we battling giants and and it's true we used what we had we took the slingshot and the, we picked up a smooth stone we we took out the stone of leadership god's given us some leadership gifts and we took out the stone of teaching and preaching god's well we took out the stone and we let it go we took out the stone of of worship and leading people into god's presence through worship now of course not me i can't say you hear what i'm saying but but we we took out the stone of worship and, and we and we and we let it and we let it go and some of you would say, oh, pastor, thank God, you, you got great leadership, right, man, great teaching, great great worship. But no, 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 no man can get the glory. God doesn't want to share his glory with any man. No, there was something else at work. There was something else at work. The lives are being changed and, and people are being delivered and, and people are being saved. Yes, God took the leadership gift. God took the teaching gift. But there's something else at work. And what I'm saying to you is some of you need to pick up your slingshot. Some of you need to pick up the smooth rock. And you need to use what God has given you. You need to come on. Some of you in this place today, you you need to use. You've been running from the giant long enough. You need to use what you got. Some of you need to to forgive somebody. Pick up the stone of forgiveness. Some of you need to pick up the stone of love and start loving some people. Some of you need to pick up the stone of, of studying for the test. Pastor, I've been praying. Well, you need to do more than pray now, honey. You need to study. Come on now, pick up the stone to study and study a little bit too. I mean, the battles the Lord's, but David used what he had. So we need to pick up the stone of hard work and work hard at your job. And quit, quit, quit complaining all the time and, and, and work hard. You Pick up the stone of hard work. Some of you need to pick up the, pick up the stone. You use your leadership gift. Come on, some of you need to pick up the stone of budgeting. Lord, get me out of debt, but I don't know where my money is. Lord, don't know how much I make. But Lord, help me. No, 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 pick up the stone of budgeting. Pick it on up. Well, here's what you need to understand is when you pick up the slingshot and you pick up the stone, you don't need to think this battle is yours. You need to understand like David, I got the slingshot and I got the rock, but this battle is not mine. I'm a covenant kid. This battle belongs to the Lord. And when that giant falls, I want you to understand something. There was something else At work, besides a slingshot and a rock, God Almighty showed up and gave me victory over the giant that had everybody else running. And I'm reaching my destiny not because of me, but because of the Lord.